The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Billy Eye Candy Kimsey. Dancing nougat on your lips like a Charleston shoe. (laughs) There you go, Rick. (laughs) Pull my finger, kid. (laughs) Dancing nougat. Damn. Well, I mean, it's a Charleston, you know, that's what it was named after. Oh, the Charleston. Yeah, the Charleston shoe. No, 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 no. The Charleston shoe is named after a hotel. Really? No. Okay. I thought it was, but it was convincing, <laughs> oh my, right? Yeah, yeah well, it was. It was. Yeah, my hat's off to you. I was, yeah. I, was, I, was, I, was, I believe Yeah, you. well, yeah. I mean, it's... What, the it's, Charleston Place Hotel? Yeah. So, you just heard his voice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Represent. Straight out of Compton, Ralph Hicks is back. Glad to have you back, Ralph. Hey, it's great to be here. Behind the glass is Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I keep trying. I don't know. <laughs> please, That's please, please find the music for the wrestler when they come in. Jerry the Annihilator Lewis. Hello. Hi. And <laughs> I'm going to change your name, Sarita. Sarita Edgerton is here. I'm not going to say Sarita Hi. the Rita, That's even okay. though we're going to have you read today. Sarita Rita. Oh. Sarita the Rita. Yes. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey. She's from South Carolina. How you doing? <laughs> How you How you doing? doing? Hey. How are you doing? Today is a special uh, episode. It's another testimonies episode, and it's a good friend of mine, Zach McElreff. Thank you for being here. Pleasure. Yeah, he. Uh, the, if, just to let you guys know, whenever I was into filmmaking, uh, my second, well, yeah, yeah, my second film, which uh, I needed a screenplay writer and some help with the story, and got with uh, Zach, and he wrote the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> He took it over and wrote the whole story. It was awesome, though. Well, you know, you said, hey, I need your help. And so there I was. Yep, there it was. <laughs> so, no, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I don't know if you've listened to any of our episodes or any of the Testimonies episodes or not. But uh, I always ask the guest, my first question is, can you tell me what your earliest memory was of when you heard the name Jesus? The very first time I ever heard the name Jesus. Uh that I can recall, uh, I would say probably roughly around maybe ten. Oh, okay. Um, now, of course, you know my uh, my family background was uh, they my parents liked to party. Mm-hmm. They uh, they had the whole because this was the eighties and stuff like that. So they had the whole. Um, uh, Rocking and rolling and getting high and selling drugs and all that stuff. So yeah, that was my kind of party. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, it yeah. sounds like fun. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, there was there was no like religious upbringing at all. I mean, it was if anything, it was just kind of like you kind of like do your own thing. Nobody really cares. Um, although it, there were times where my mom would kind of be like, you know, hey don't say that or don't do that. And, but there was really no like oomph behind it because 
you know, my mom was a partier and it's kind of like, how can you really call me out on something whenever mm. you do those exact same things? Yeah. Um, it always made you feel good when they did something bad, right? Yeah. And you'd be like, see if I don't eat all the Oreos tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Oreos, they're the bomb. So <laughs> I was pretty stoked about that. Uh, but so, yeah. Um, you want like a step-by-step? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I was just curious. I always ask that, you know, in the beginning and I definitely want to hear the salvation story, but you tell me your testimony from start all the way to present. Okay. Yeah. So like, um, I basically, uh, just kind of, like I said, I grew up in a home that was, uh, very, uh, just partying and things of that nature. And no one, uh, really had any sort of spiritual influence on me. That is to say that there wasn't people that didn't try to like do stuff like try to br- invite me to church, things like that. But as far as like actually understanding what the gospel was, who Jesus was, I didn't really have a firm understanding of that until like, like really basically in the high school and the college and things of that nature. Uh, but um, I think I made it. I say I was in middle school when I began to like, I would consider myself an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't last very long because I, I just had this inkling that there was something more. So I transitioned from an atheist, probably more to agnostic fairly quickly. Um, just the, the knowledge of evil and the things that, you know, like things that you see out in the world. Cause one of the big things when I was in middle school was Columbine that happened. I think I was in eighth grade when that happened, might've been seventh into eighth. I'm not sure exactly, but that was like a huge game changer because that was the first time that ever been a school shooting, anything like that. And I think that, brought about like an idea that there's needs to be justice in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of like, like I couldn't justify atheism anymore because there was something that was calling out and saying, Hey, that was wrong. That should not have happened. Um, so I transitioned more to like agnosticism. And then I would say probably by my high school, I was kind of flirting with uh, witchcraft and basically kind of like, I started out in Gnosticism and then kind of transitioned into like, I'm going to create my own religion because that's what you do to be a successful person. (laughs) You just make up your own religion. A lot of great cults started that way. I was going to say, some of the most successful people in history started (laughs) religions. Rick's trying. Welchianism. We're working on it. Welchianism. Yeah, I always welch on a bet. Yeah, I was, I was, try, I was looking for it. I was like, "What's the joke?" <laughs> let's let's hear the donkey laugh now. <laughs> so, um, just uh, so moving forward a little bit, I uh, got involved with some friends, you know, and they kind of like spoke into my life as far as like furthering me going down this path of witchcraft and and things of that nature and and developing my own religion. Um, uh, but as time moved forward, there was a lot of obviously whenever you're trying to make your own religion, there's kind of like, oh, that doesn't make sense. How can that be true if that's you know if, if this is objectively true, how can I then go about this and hold this view? And so how difficult would it be for me to say, 
Can you give me an example of what that is? Would that be hard to do? Oh, yeah. Actually, I was thinking about that on my way here as I was driving here. Like you didn't walk on water, but you could walk on jello. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, but for instance, one of the big things in in witchcraft and 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 things of that nature is the the threefold law: do what you will, yet harm none. Um, and that was kind of like. Like I started like kind of like meditating on that kind of like the principle and it's like, well, if you truly like you would need omniscience basically to to know like the ramifications of your actions. It's like do what you will, but harm none. But it's like if you actually stop and you think about that, it's like, hmm, does this spell that I'm going to try to do is it actually I think it's going to benefit that person but what happens if because I do this it actually results in their harm instead of their good mm-hmm. and so it was like it was like can I really honestly justify doing anything magical experience what have you and 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 not think about the ramifications of that and so it really brought me to like this crisis of faith and my one B religion that I make up myself, and it's like I have to ha- I'd have to have omniscience to really be able to do this effectively, and I can't, and I don't have that, and I think that brought me to despair. Um, I remember just like late at night. I mean, I wasn't even might have been in my early twenties at this point. You know, um, graduated high school, yada yada yada. Um, and then like, I just remember just this deep down despair and thinking, is this really all there is? Is this really it? And like late at night when no one else is around, it's like, you, you think about this, I don't know, just, just this yearning, this sorrow that just this religion that I was trying to create, that I was trying to make could not fill this gap. It just could not. And I am so thankful I didn't go through with it. But there was one time I was at kind of like at my lowest stage in life, <laughs> um, so to speak. And I thought about suicide. And I thank God every day that I did not have the courage, I guess, yeah, I get to, it. to do that. Mm-hmm. And because that would have been a terrible thing to – I just remember like I was in the woods – because back behind my house, there's just uh, there's like just an ocean of trees and whatnot, and um, and there was a spe- uh, a place where like there was uh, like an outcropping of stone, and it was probably about forty feet. And I just remember being at the top of that, the precipice, and looking down and saying, "That's probably not enough to kill me," and like I probably shouldn't do that because it's I wouldn't die so. Thankfully, I chickened out. Thank God I chickened out. Um, And it was about that time that there was some Christian men that came into my life. You know, God basically just orchestrated these people um, who weren't perfect. um, And by no means did they have everything figured out. But they um, they basically kind of like showed me what true Christianity was. And they asked the question, who was Jesus? And at that point, I mean, you know, it's like you occasionally go to church, you occasionally hear this mentioned on 
some historical channel, history channel, what have you. But there was no like really like, okay, Jesus is God or this or that. I had no idea. So that question that confronted me was like, who do you think Jesus is? Or who do you who do you say Jesus is? And that question really bugged me because I didn't have an answer for that at that time. And then like I remember going to Excuse me. I was in a kind of like a multi-level internet uh, uh, marketing thing. As I was going to these, they have like uh, basically kind of like rallies where everybody in the multi-level marketing thing get together and they kind of like hoopla and celebrate their victories and things like that. And then they'd have a non-denominational Christian worship service on Sundays. And I remember going to those and like something, which was the Holy Spirit, but at the time I didn't know what it was, saying, you know, whenever people, whenever he would invite people to come forward at the invitation, there was something that just kept testifying to me. You didn't, you haven't done that. You need to do that. You need to do that. You need, and it took years. Mm. It wasn't just like, a, you know, I experienced this and therefore I jumped at it. It took time. I was stubborn, you know. And uh, over, I'd say probably about six months to a year, roughly, because that time adds up fairly quick. Um, I finally actually was like, no, this is what I need to do. And I surrendered. And it's, it's, it's crazy because I can still remember, even though it was like 17, 18 years ago, something like that, roughly. I think i mean i can still remember like just the 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 veil like it felt like a literal veil was removed from my eyes and like for the first time i could just kind of like really think clearly like i like i don't know how to describe it other than like there was a fog over my mind and when i as soon as i surrendered to that it's like it just dissipated that mm-hmm. fog dissipated and uh, I've heard it explained. Some people say they felt like the weight of the world comes off their chest, yeah. or suddenly they they re- they realize like I'm a sinner. Like they, it's like all of a sudden yeah. for them they're like, oh, I'm a sinner. It yeah. hits them, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I've heard that. That's very common. What you're talking about, sure. And and you know, uh, uh, it was just an amazing experience. And I was like, wow, this 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 is objectively happening, not just in my mind, but this is happening like outside of my mind, if that made sense. Um, and so, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I surrendered to Jesus, uh, asked him to, you know, forgive me of my sins and, you know, uh, embrace the cross, embrace, you know, the new life and, and things of like that. And I went home and I would say two weeks of going home, I woke up to the sound of an explosion. My mom, I to this day, we never knew why. I don't understand why. But she took and poured gas on a fire. And when she did, the flame traced back and ignited and blew up on her. And it burned 40% of her body, second and third degree burns. Uh, she lived two weeks after that. And then after that, she passed away. She had she got an infection, and she passed away. 
And and at that time, I was doing one-on-one discipleship with because uh, I you know new believer. I go home, I get plugged into a church, and that's kind of like the first kind of like steps. We're like, let's let's help you grow in your faith. Let's let's mature and, and things. And then that happened with where my mom had that accident. And then four months later, uh, I come home from getting groceries. And I find my dad on the kitchen floor, massive heart attack. And he passed away on the way to the hospital. And, you know, it was like, it was those moments, although they were, they were hard and they were redefining. And it, it was a game changer in so many ways because life, my, my world that I knew was over, you know, cause it well not over in the sense of, but everything that I, I knew, it. everything yeah. I was familiar with. Sure. It sounds was, pretty much like the world that I knew was over is yeah. uh, applies, honestly. Yeah. 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 And, and so, you know, processing that. Um, and, and then not even a couple of weeks after that happens, my brother and I, of course, he lost his dad and he lost his mom just like I did. And we have a falling out. And essentially, I'm... I get in my car. I have two big old uh, trash bags full of my clothes, and I I hit the road. Um, thankfully, my my grandmother uh, took me in, and uh, but <clears throat> I basically didn't have a place to stay because you know we like I said we had a falling out, and then I went to live with her. Thankfully, she had room for me, and I, I lived there. And it was at that time. I had, you know, the one-on-one discipleship going on. I was going to church and then like, but like, it it was like when I moved in with my grandmother, it was like, I was able to really focus. Like there was so much going on at the house where I was, where I lived at before I was kicked out or left or whatever. And like, I couldn't focus. I couldn't like grow if that makes sense. And then whenever I left and I went to go live with my grandmother, it was like I just was able to like tunnel vision. Like, okay, I went to work, I went to work, I came home and I read my Bible. And it was like because I got I got to read my Bible. It wasn't like you need to read your Bible. It's like Bible. It's like I want to read it. I want to understand. I want to grow. And I had this like yearning to understand and to grow and mature and and ask the questions of why. And that was one thing that uh, Terry, the the man who was my pastor and, and really a, a, in a lot of ways like a spiritual father in my life, he really cultivated that like. Hey, check out this book. Hey, look at this. Read this. Um, and and it was like every time I finished a book, he gave me a book. And I'd finish that book, and he'd give me another book. And it just, you know, just kept on going and building. Or we'd go to a, an apologetics conference or something like that that helped me grow in my understanding of what Christianity really was versus what it wasn't. And that helped me, like, tremendously get my – uh undergirding so to speak of what I believe and why do I believe it and then um, 
fast forward uh, a couple of years from that is like I, I met Carrie in 2008. Carrie is my my wife, but at the time she wasn't a believer, and um, but she she was seeking. And I just remember I gave her a book like it was like ten most common objections to Christianity or something like that by Alec McFarlane something like that or Alex McFarlane and uh, she devoured it in a day and I was like whoa okay this is you know this is a game changer because a lot of times you know you you don't see people ever hungry never like you give it to a book and you'll never get the book back and they're not going to talk anymore so that must have been really awesome yeah it was it was great and uh and um and then like I was playing it kind of like safe you know like okay you're not a believer I am. We need to kind of keep this separate, you know. We need to, you know, kind of keep this formal, you know, keep this space, whatever. And then she's like, "I want to go to church with you." Like, called me. Can you? Can I, can I come to church with you? And I was like, "Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. sure can, lady. Yes, you can." <laughs> and uh, and you know, moving forward, a couple of months down the road from that, you know, she made a rededication to the Lord. Um, and 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 it was just an amazing thing to see, like, just because I was being obedient, like God opened up this door, and Carrie was able to join, so to speak. And then, like, you know, we we dated for like two years, and like one of the before when she you know became a Christian, I was like, one of the first conversations that we had was like, I don't date to date. I don't date for anything. I date for marriage. I was like, this is this is what it's about. I, I'm about that. And she's like, okay. Which, you know, at that time, at that age, I was like 24, 25. So for someone to say, okay, yeah, I'm I'm about that. It's like, that's... Yeah, I mean, Sarita's husband told her that he loved her on the first date. And they got married three hours later. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that soon. <laughs> three days. <laughs> no, anyway. But no, that's, that's cool. And, and well, I mean. Well, we've taught my children, our children, all that same question. Don't date just to date. Date mm-hmm. is a, it's a application for marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, and that was my belief. That was my idea. I was like, that is what I want to do because so often marriage is a secondary thing. And a lot of times it's, oh, let's mess around or let's do this. And I was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. And and I believe the Lord honored that and brought Carrie into my life, and and she just you know grew like by leaps and bounds. I mean, you know Carrie; she's a very intelligent, articulate girl, and and she's just she loves the Lord, and we we both just um, pursued our education. I worked on my associates and really rediscovered my love for writing, which later comes into effect with you. Um, and His love for me. He meant. Yeah. <laughs> My love for Rick. Why are you laughing, man? <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm crying. He's laughing on the inside. Tears of joy. Tears of joy. Yeah, yeah. tears of joy. Right. right, right. But uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, I finished up my degree, my little associate's degree, and Carrie pursued a bachelor's, and then she went on for her master's. And it's not a little associate's degree because most people don't have one. Yeah, <clears throat> it's more of a mid-sized associate's degree. Well, he's kind of mid-sized. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
No, that, it's an accomplishment, man. You got an associate. My feelings. Be proud. <laughs> Be proud of it. It's awesome. But um, uh, so yeah, uh, you know, I, I rediscovered my passion for writing, uh, and um, and been writing ever since. And whether or not it ever becomes anything more than what it already has, I love it. Uh, would do it every day. I do it every day whenever I can, as much as I can. So, mm-hmm. and, and then, uh, after nine years of marriage, the Lord saw fit to bless me and carry with a healthy baby boy. Yep. So that, that's it's an amazing story in and of itself. Oh, you know, let me tell you. Okay. Let's so, hear it. so back in 2015, I was at a friend's house and this this is the show kind of like my attitude of like how I was with kids. Okay. So there was a lady who had just had a baby and she tried to hand me her child. And I ran. <laughs> like literally ran. Like she tried to hand me the child. I I was on the porch. I literally jumped down the stairs and ran away. <laughs> like there's that's not like if you like her name is Amanda, that was at her house. She can tell you, oh yeah, I remember that. Cause he ran. <laughs> and that was literally what happened. I literally ran. So you were you afraid of holding a baby or you just didn't want on any kids? Uh both. You did oh okay. It was it was Was it a really ugly baby? No, no. I mean oh. kid I mean, I don't really remember honestly. <laughs> no no but, babies are ugly, Rick. <laughs> that's a lie. I call them ugly all the time. Of course they can't talk back, so <laughs> No, you say they're precious. <laughs> yeah. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. God they're so love precious. Them. God love them. God love that ugly baby. <laughs> We're wow, all going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus loves the little children, even the ugly ones. Yeah. Right. Especially the ugly ones. Yeah. Especially. They need the extra love. So you didn't want kids, you didn't and you were afraid of them and you were just done. Yeah. I mean, like th- it was it wasn't even up for debate. Carrie was of the same opinion. So is oh, that wow. can I ask a question? Uh-huh. Is that because of the way you were brought up? Your parents? It could have been. You know, I mean I recognize that. Yeah, I mean Delving into psychological issues that I probably still have to some extent, uh, it could very well be that that was some of the things, you know, growing up and things experiencing and things like that. It was just not around kids, didn't want kids, Carrie didn't want kids. Um, her backstory on that was before she met me, before she was a, before she, uh, was a believer, she actually had two abortions. And and God had to basically just do a miraculous work in her life because um, she just had this guilt that like she she like it was hard for her to describe it like but she had this guilt that she had for having those abortions like a lot of times people don't think about I mean I try to see if I can't say this properly and articulate it properly. Like a lot of people who fight for abortions never have one. And so they don't know the ramification, like the physical, emotional trauma from that. And there's no help for those ladies who have the, that, those issues. It's literally they provide that service for those mothers, and that's it. That's all. And there's no like, counseling there's no support there's no anything you're just left to fend for yourself yeah which is where sarita steps in right 
Yeah, Sarita, that's what she does, actually. I counsel women who've had abortions. Okay. Well, but it wasn't, you know, but you're right. In most cases, when you say. But I had to get to that point. Like, I was in the same boat. I had one at 17, didn't want children, didn't feel like I deserved them Mm -hmm. because I was so hurt. Mm -hmm. And I I, I totally relate to Carrie in that that way because I ruined my chance. Why would I get another? And that was actually one of the things that uh, that she had to deal with when she first found out she was pregnant with Callan, our son, was there was that voice, and we all know what that voice was, that said, oh, you don't deserve to be a mother. You killed your first two ch- children. And and she, I mean, she got, the, you know, the proper help. You know, there was a, it was an awesome lady who was there to help support and educate Carrie and things like that and help walk her through uh, her, you know, uh, pregnancy and stuff like that. So it was really just God moving in multiple ways through that. And the next thing you know, we're parents. And here we are two years later. And I have, I got to be honest with you. I've seen your baby on Facebook. That is a stunning baby, and I'm not kidding. Rick knows babies. Listen, I know an ugly baby, and that baby is gorgeous. <laughs> that is the cutest little thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's got he he's got the reddest hair. He does, and the bluest, bluest eyes. eyes. It's the just bluest eyes. Yeah, he's precious. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I when you start talking about Carrie and like the way that I met you, of course I can't. You, you did you come to Stillwaters? I uh, think I met you at the theater. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was Carrie went to um, Church in Motion. Well, Carrie and I both went. I say Carrie, it's me and Carrie. Right. We, we went to uh, Church in Motion, Motion, mm-hmm. which was ta- where Tabitha Baracus. Oh yeah, yeah. Went to uh, church also. She got married. Yeah, yeah. He's a Bokshwain yeah. or something yep, now, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Bokshwain. And yeah. uh, so to support her, you know, her project that she helped out you guys with, we went and saw the movie. And I had self-published a uh, a Christian uh, fiction book at that time, self-published, basically wasted uh, $1,000 because <laughs> it just got published and then it sat there. And sat there. It only, takes, yeah. it only takes one person to get saved for that not to be a waste of money. True, and there and that could be that could be the case. And you may never know. Well, true. Yeah. On this on this side of things, I will not know. <laughs> right. He's proud of himself because I've never seen anybody. You've got to explain it to the audience because oh, okay. they don't know what's so, up. So, all right. So with a mic, like. When there's a room full of people and somebody's to your left, if you look left, you will sound like this. Right, because the mouth bit doesn't point at the mic bit. And it's like just, it sounds simple, but it's actually like people don't get it. They mess it up all of the time. And and he's one of the few people I've explained that to once. And he instantly was like, oh, I have to make sure to put the <laughs> mic in between me and the person I'm looking at. So if the person is to your left, you have to move to the right and look across the mic at that person in order for the sound to not go completely wonk. I know, and it's so And he's awesome. the only, he keeps doing it because he's, he's talking- really proud of himself because he's like, I got this. When he's talking to Ralph, it reminds me of Luke Skywalker in the in the back of the Millennium Falcon. Remember when he's like, <laughs> it's awesome, he's going around that. Just You'll just have to Google that, kids. Yes. So, 
Hey, there's new stuff out. There is. There is. So you uh, see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Oh, let's see if I can reach and pet you. So on the you back wrote. Here. So you wrote a Christian, a self-published Christian <laughs> book, and then where you go from there? Uh, yeah. So that basically flopped, and but in so doing, we went to the um, the uh, to the showing, and um, there was a verse that you had mentioned in in the scripture. I can't remember what it was, but it was one of the scriptures you used in Stillwaters, and Carrie that morning had read that same scripture. Right. That's right. And, I remember that now. Yeah. Because you guys walked up, and then she was like, I was studying that scripture this morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then Tabitha was like, oh, hey, by the way, he's a writer. And, and then we exchanged information, and and then that started the the uh, – the uh, ball roll. Yeah, because I like I have these ideas. Like I have a core idea of why I wanted to make the film, but I didn't. I had to lack the skills of writing it out and like making it happen. Yeah, I would not. I would and not have any idea. So like when I went to James Newman, I was like, "Hey, I need this, James. You know, these writers, they're prolific. You don't realize how good they are. Like, hey, I need this." And it was like two days later, he's like, "Here you go." You know, and but Zach was like, "In thirty minutes is what it felt like." You know, because like, "Hey, Zach, write this," and it was like the next day, "Okay, here's the entire film." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really was amazing how much. I mean, I guess it just flowed right out of you there. But, yeah. um, but funny enough, that it actually it created this dialogue between me and Carrie because Carrie was telling her life story. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to have her on here too and let her tell her. Yeah, I mean, her uh, testimony. Assuming, she, I mean, I don't know why she wouldn't, but I mean, obviously, it's if if she comes, like I had to stay home with the baby. So, yeah, or bring the baby. You could bring the baby. We could take pictures and put you it on the website. You don't run no more, right? You don't, you don't run from babies no more. Right? <laughs> no, no, at least not my own. Okay. Yeah. No one's handed me a baby that's not mine. That's <laughs> Post-COVID, nobody's handing you a baby now. Yeah, that's right. That's just what they do. Here, hold my baby. And I I don't know why. Yeah, I never did that. You never did that? No. Mm -mm. Zach and Carrie have a very unique place in my own personal testimony, too, though. You see, because when I was writing Witch, after Stillwaters, like you— you're making a, a horror film and calling it Christian. That's a little odd. So most people are like, uh, heret- you know, heretic, you know, <laughs> but that's not what it was. Like I had a vision of what, what I was trying to put out. And so when we're going into witch, we're dealing with atheism and we're dealing with um, witchcraft and like, we're trying to build a story and having a Christian in the midst of it. And how do they respond to the, to the different things? And so I became so hyper-focused on, the film that I was losing sort of track of my own faith. You mm. see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so Carrie was writing this script about her life and she called it Under the Needle Box. Yeah. And as we were getting, we were just about done with it. Like we were right at the end and we were get. I was like, okay, so I had actually got, uh, Park Ridge had signed on to allow us to film in the hospital. And I had, the, I mean, we had everything lined up and she came up and she was like, you can't make my film. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, how in the world can you tell me? Like, I've poured all this energy and got all this stuff going on. What do you mean? And she was like, I'm sorry. I just, I can't. The Lord hasn't let, I, the Lord's not letting it loose. Like, he's not letting it loose. He's, you need, you need to change. There's something about you that needs to change. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It led me, it took me a couple of weeks, man. You know, because at first I was really mad, but then it really, like, it hit me. And I, I remember I went to the altar at Hooper's Creek, actually, over it. And I, and she was right. I was like, Wow. I have really got, I've gotten away from this and I need to remember why I'm doing this, you know? And so it was critical. And then you got, we went on that podcast together. 
uh, just put it out there with Kim McClish, mm-hmm. and we talked about that on that show. So, yeah, you yeah. guys have a very important role because from that point on, I've been perfect every day. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> He's comparing himself Serena, to me is Serena all. did the yeah. Jack Black eyebrow thing. That was cool. <laughs> no. No, but it did. It helped me. Like, it definitely helped me. So, please tell her that. Yeah. And absolutely. if you listen into the show, Carrie, thank you. Yeah, it was really great to – sometimes you just have – you get a mirror shine up in your face. And that's pretty much what you guys did that day was you just put a mirror in my face. And I was like, okay. And then we went on to finish Witch. Ugly baby. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never said I was cute. Never Maybe that would be the name of your next film, Ugly Baby. Ugly, ba- ugly baby. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Man. So so what are you doing now? You're just – you're working and you're writing and you're – Running from babies, your baby? <laughs> well, I'm not running. Yeah, if I ran from my baby, Carrie would probably dropkick me. Like, this, <laughs> this is your responsibility too. So, right. So I don't run from my baby. Uh, at least, I mean, other than like well, I'm chasing him or he's chasing me. And then, but it's playful. So, yeah. Uh, so I write. Um, currently, I'm working on uh, fantasy. I like to write fantasy. It's like my favorite genre. I love to read it, love to write it. Um, working on uh, it's called Transference, mm-hmm. and it's just like a classic adventure fantasy, like a short story. Might self-publish it. I've tried uh, various magazines, and it gets shot down. But that's part of it. So we'll see. I need to put you in touch with a guy, um, Balance Rock Media. They they are looking for um, a short story writer for to, to do some short films. Actually, I, I just thought of that. We need to do that. Very cool. Okay. I'll do it. Whatever. Do you guys have any questions for Zach? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, when you're, like, becoming a first, like, a believer just within, boom, right there, and then your mom die, and then your dad die, did you ever question it? Where you're like, oh, man, this is, you know, I just become a, a believer. I'm, I'm on board here, God. Throw me a bone. I was actually glad I became a believer because I don't know if I didn't have the Lord at that time in my I don't know what I would have done. Gotcha. Like and I think that's how I approached it. Like, I mean not to say that I wasn't like there wasn't times of sadness and things of that nature, but it's like because I was I was fresh new believer. It's like if I didn't have God right now in this time, I would be a wreck. And I think I realized that at that gotcha. time. Okay. Yeah, I, I you think still- you go one way or the other, right there. Yeah, you know, like you get stronger and be like, "Yep, you're you're in charge. You're you're doing this. You know you know what's going on." Yeah. So here here's my life. Do you still speak to your brother, or are y'all speaking now? Uh, we we have reconciled. Um, uh, of course he he kind of follows the path of my parents, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a whole separate story that we won't go into, but. You know, you, some some people you just have to love from afar, and he's an example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, still love him, still care about him, still pray for him, but he's he just purposely distanced on his end. You know, I prayed for my brother for six years. Yeah, mm-hmm. until he came to Christ. Six years. Don't give up. Yep. Yeah. Same with my brother. I prayed for him for him for years and years and years and he got sober and it's been like 15 years and he's got two kids and has a great job so it, it, it can happen thanks yeah <clears throat> same with my sister actually she was a meth addict and she was um an alcoholic and she had lost her children and she it was bad 
and um, I'd been praying for her for a long time. And we had a revival, um, just, it wasn't a planned one. It was like one of those that just like started happening. And I called her and I said, you should come. And she did. And she was the only person in the whole church that was wearing a red dress. I'll never forget it because it just really stood out. And at the end of the ceremony, he didn't even have an altar call. She just went. <laughs> he hadn't got to it yet. She just went. And um, she's never been the same since. I mean, her, you know, her children are saved and baptized and they love the Lord. Like it's it's amazing. You know, it's it's so awesome to see what can happen with people. But but what Billy said earlier is right. Like, um, we had a guest on here, Janice, that talked about how her brother died, and then she, instead of staying in church and holding on to the Lord, she went the opposite direction for like 17 years, you know, to the point where she tried to she was gonna kill herself and then yeah, and then had a radical change. So Man, well, it's so nice to see you. I'm so glad you came here. Yeah. Please tell Carrie I said hello and that she's got a really beautiful baby. You guys have a beautiful baby. Yeah. And I can't say that about everybody's, but <laughs> I'll say that about yours. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway. all emails to Rick Welch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, but before we wrap it up, I want you to tell me a little bit. You, you're doing a podcast too now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, Active Christian Thought. It's Achieving Christian Thought. Achieving Christian Thought. Yeah, actpod.com. Yeah, actpod. And and we we just talk about like anything and everything. Uh, like the first one of our first episodes, we dealt with like the problem of suffering and does God exist when suffering and, and things of that nature. All the, I mean, like the topics vary from whatever to whatever. Yeah, I just got through episode nine and you guys released like two episodes every other week or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll talk to the guys on your podcast and ask them if you'd like. Um, I'd be happy to put a link on our website linking to y'all's podcast too. Absolutely. Our listeners, like um, I've had people say, can you put out more content? And the answer is no, I can't afford it. Um, <laughs> and so we're only going to put out one a week. That's just the way it is. Um, unless Andy gives me a super break. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah, you can't get Ralph to show up anyway, you know, as it is, bro. No, in all honesty, I don't have time to do more than that. So what we did was we linked uh, Marcus Hall, and it's getting clicks um, uh, from our website. So if you guys would like to be on it, just talk to them and then get back to me. Um, Just keep in mind, we do explicit content here. This is not a true Christian podcast. We We study the Bible and we talk about it, but we're all, you know, we're just... We're having conversations about it, speculating. Right, right. You know, so um, if you want to keep it clean, don't attach yourself to our website. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. and that, that's the thing. I mean, for another I mean, opinion, click yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hear something more pure, go to their go to their podcast. I mean, we we talk about interesting stuff. I mean, like the last last recording we did last week was on the Heavenly Council, mm-hmm. and what is that? Like the Divine is, Council? Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we did just that. talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah we did the divine. It's kind of interesting. It yeah. is really cool. And that, and then you know, I mean, we also do like bios and stuff like that. But yeah, so I mean, we love it. It's yeah, fun. that's awesome. I'm glad you're doing it. So yeah, talk to them and find out. You know, if they want to be on an R-rated website. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but if they want to have a link, we have a, pl- a podcast link where the guys can, you know, people can go and if they want to move on from our content. Um, you know, on a long 12 hour drive, they might want to go somewhere else. Cause you know, you run out of, 
You don't want to hear me talk all day. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Ask my wife. <laughs> anyway, Zach, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, and and again, tell Carrie I said, hey, ask her if she'd like to be on the show. I'd love to have I'd love to hear her testimony too. Sure. I don't know her testimony. Right, right. I only know a little bit, you know, so I'd love to hear it. Billy, thanks for being here. Ralph, Represent. so glad you're back. Are you gonna be on the next episode? I will. Yep, because <laughs> we're recording it in two minutes. And then <laughs> Andy, Sarita, Cherry, thanks. Oh, guys. I say I gotta go. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> before I before I let let everybody go. Um, if you've listened at the top of this podcast that we have a different intro, you heard Sarita's voice on it. And you also heard a very cool little donkey laugh at the very end. And no, that jackass wasn't Billy. <laughs> it was <Wow>. Rick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so anyway, I want you guys to hear. Kind of freaky. Sweet donkeys being replaced. Yeah. <laughs> we have... Um, there is a, a donkey on TikTok, and his name is Monty. And the TikTok channel is called Monty the Singing Donkey. And I just happened to cross it one day. And if you're ever having a bad day and you just need to pick me up, I'm not even going to tell you a joke. I'm just going to let you hear this. I reached out to the owners. They're out of Texas. And uh, I reached out to the owner and I said, I, this donkey just brought me so much joy. And I would like to be able to use that hilarious singing laugh as our, when we tell our hideous dad jokes, you know, to be the laugh. But we're also putting it on our intro. And they gave us permission and they said, spread all this donkey joy that you want. Then <laughs> I was like, cool. So I'm going to play. This is what it sounds like. And uh, I hope you guys like it. <laughs> and no, that is not the sound of my grandfather going to the bathroom. <laughs> that, and now I don't like the donkey anymore. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, look for Monty the singing donkey and follow that page. And every morning she opens that door and it is absolutely hilarious. And she's got all these cameras around the farm where like the donkey's chasing the horse and like, it's so <laughs> much fun. You know, this world can chew you up and spit you out. It's nice to see some simple little farm animals just having fun, you know? So can I ask, were you doing your TikTok dance and that's how you saw Monty? You know, honestly, I'd never been on TikTok. Andy, Andy sent me a couple and I finally just said, <sighs> fine, because that's he says that we get all our learnings from TikTok, you know? Yeah, we do. That's where the kids get all their learnings. TikTok oh, yeah. will teach you a lot about yourself, too, if you're paying attention to what shows up in your feed. Uh, it yeah. really will. Yeah, or you, or you look at the clock and it's 2 a.m. Well, that too, <laughs> but I mean, if your TikTok is full of... That stuff's just a learning algorithm. If you get on TikTok and you get mad... Man, it's just giving you the stuff you've been asking for. And I don't, yeah, all mine's are like funny farm animals and ugly babies and like, <laughs> <clears throat> not kidding. Like, no, but uh, there's this guy on there, like he has all these hacks, like life hacks. And he does like. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Like he makes yeah. like cool stuff with like at home things or like cleaners, like special ways to clean your, the, the anything, the dishwasher, like all those little tips and tricks. He does all kinds of cool stuff, you know? So I, I get sucked into that one. So anyway. Do you ever see the guy that does the, the very human inventions? No. He's I like very human. It's, uh, he, uh, he does things like special alarm clocks that involve like beds that 
like throw you or something. It's always like the worst invention. <laughs> That's one of those. Demoed, demoed with like, you know, human sized dolls that always get just completely murdered. It's yeah. No, I am following this funny family. They prank each other, but only in this one particular way. They hang these uh, water balloons like in weird places oh, in the house. Oh, yeah. Have you oh, seen that? Yeah, it's like a those. mom, a dad, and a, a little girl. Uh-huh. And like they'll they'll like shoot something. Yeah, they'll shoot something at them and then they dodge it and then all of a sudden the water will hit them and then they do this blast cannon of confetti on them and it's random like anywhere. It's so funny. Yep. Anyway, well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next time on the Burrows of Berea. They yeah, don't breathe they can't well. breathe. Yeah. And um, so anyway, Friday I took her out and it was really weird. Um, I went to bring her in and she just laid down in the yard. And I was like, that's weird, Millie. Like, what's going on? And um, so I actually had to pick her up and take her in the house. And then I went to work. And, of course, that's the one day the girls get out of school early. And they found her. Oh, so anyway, no. she pretty much passed away when I left to go to work. And she just laid in the floor like she was taking a nap. Just a little, little. She pooped just a little. It doesn't look like she suffered or anything. Wow. She had a coughing episode right before um, I took her out, so I'm, I'm assuming I, I don't know. It was just hmm. it was just weird. She really declined quick in the last couple of weeks. Huh. But it, her it final did, act of love was to just go while you were gone. Boom, that's it. I thought yeah. you were gonna say poop on the floor. No. Poop on the floor. That's kind of where so, I thought that was going. Yeah, to. <laughs> she didn't ever so, hurt him or yeah. anything. And it was the last day of school. She she always enjoyed going to school with us. She'd ride in in the in the school. So the last day of school, last ride. Blah blah. You know, it's just oh. but anyway. That's the girls. Sad. Yeah, the girls were. You know, they were they were heartbroken. Oh so yeah, I bet. We buried her in the yard. I made a little little cross and a little, little wooden tombstone. Bulldogs are super. Uh, like are oh, yeah. nice dogs. I yeah, mean, they're, yeah, they're they're every they're bit awesome. as stone headed as people say they are, but they're just sweet and yep. fun and like play. You know, very playful dogs. My own personality. Um, just you know, she was the easiest dog ever. She slept more than a cat. Oh, mean, was, yeah. All three of my dogs are like that, and one of them's only like two and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like worried about them. So. But anyway, what's up, Ralph? How you doing there, business, Mr. Kimsey? Fantastic. Ralph, this is Sarita. Sarita, he actually exists. He yeah. does. Hi. <laughs> it was very expensive to get this Do you remember Zach, in. Ralph? Yes. How you doing? How you doing? Hey. How you doing? Wait. How you doing? Yeah, there you go. How, how you doing? <laughs> hey. Hey. That was nice. That was I nice. I approve. <laughs>